We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Welcome back to One Royal Way, brought to you by Kansas City Strength and Conditioning. If you are, if you know of a baseball or softball player in the area, have them check out Homefield Olathe. Uh, check them out down there. They train of all ages, all the way up to the pros. Uh, check out our first episode. Scott Barlow trained there uh, this offseason, so he can attest to uh, how great it is there. So be sure to go check those guys out. Can't thank them enough for sponsoring this show uh, here on Kansas City Sports Network. And joining me today is a guy normally behind the scenes here, also yeah. co-host outside the trenches here on the football side, Tucker Franklin. What's up, man? Hey, Joel. It's great. Great to have, great to be on your show. Thank you for having me on is what I was trying to say. I was getting too far ahead of myself, but <laughs> people forget, you know, that I covered the Royals for a brief time with Sports Illustrated, started the inside the Royals site, have to diversify the portfolio, you know, before I went fully in on the, on the football side. And listen, it's an exciting time in Kansas City. There's some good stuff going on and I'm excited to get, give my reactions and give my takes on what's going on. Yeah, late late call to the bullpen from uh, from Tuck here. We had a couple of a uh, couple other options fall through, but Tuck is always willing and ready, and I appreciate that. Um, before we talk football, March Madness started today. It's St. Patrick's Day. Games and spring training started. Great day for the sports world all around. How's the bracket looking? Uh, you know what? I had Richmond beating Iowa, so I'm I I was okay with that one. I kind of thought that Iowa got hot too quick, you know, um, because the way that they won the Big Ten tournament, you know, it didn't didn't I wasn't sold. Um, but br- bracket for the most part's all right. Um, I I usually pick a lot of upsets. I did I did one bracket that's like I do right when it comes out based on first impressions. Mm-hmm. Basically, just filled off on vibes is basically how I fill it off. <laughs> yeah. Fill it out. Yeah. And then I do one where I think more about it, and then I do one where it's completely random coin flip. Um, Texas Southern's winning that one, so I doubt that one does very good. Um, but I think that I think we're doing okay right now. Uh, I don't think there's been any big busters for me. Yeah, I had Iowa in the five. Final four. It's in real good shape here starting off. Uh, yeah, so that's that's how my that's how my bracket's going, if that tells you anything. But uh, who cares? <laughs> it's right, it's for fun. I'm a, right. I'm not in any big money bracket like pools or anything like that. So I, I got I got a couple upsets. I, I did pick Michigan over Colorado State. I got a couple yeah. uh my big one is I have Chattanooga beating Illinois waiting on okay. me. So I'm hoping hoping for that one. Uh 
Yeah. That's mostly out of spite and bitterness because Brad Underwood is the worst person on the planet. So, um, fair enough. I'm a bitter Oklahoma State fan. I'll, I'll hold on to that <laughs> one forever. But as I mentioned at the top, we have some actual baseball news to talk about, not lockout news. It's nothing to do with labor, negotiations, any of that crap. We have actual transactions that have been made, and the Royals are involved. So the, for the folks that were freaking out for the first three days of free agency, that the Royals hadn't done anything, that the Royals were just standing pat, what are they doing? They, they did something, so you guys got your wish. First one that came out a uh, Wednesday afternoon, the Royals traded Mike Miner uh, to the Reds for Amir Garrett and some cash. Uh, to help offset some of uh, Mike Miner's, I believe it's like $10 million salary. So not the full $10 million, but just to, to help offset for the Reds. And the Royals get Amir Garrett, who I love this move. I think this was a great buy. He's a great buy low candidate uh, here. Really, he, he kind of struggled in 2020 or 2021, I should say. Uh, ERA over six, uh, just slightly below uh, into the negatives and wins above replacement. But 19, 2020 and 2019, he was awesome. One of the better lefty relievers right. in baseball. So you hope, you're hoping that you're going to get some, some positive regression there from him, which I think is pretty likely, despite the numbers, still struck out like 28% of batters he faced. And his FIP and XERA were almost a full run and a half lower than his actual ERA. So some mm-hmm. of the, there's, there's due for some bounce back there. And the Royals needed another lefty in the bullpen. Jake Brents is good, and I like what he brings uh, but you don't know what you're going to get from Gabe Spire. He's kind of a quad A guy. I think he's a good, you know, solid dude if you need someone to call to call up and fill some innings. And Richard Lovelady stole on the men from Tommy John. So other than that, it's just uh, it's just Jake Brents. So to get a guy like Amir Garrett who can share some of those high leverage innings with Scott Barlow at the back end of the bullpen, this is a fantastic pickup. Yeah, and I think I tweeted out too when it happened that this was the most excited I've been for a Royals move in some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, he's a very exciting player just based on name recognition alone. And before before you like dive into the stats, you know, like you just did. Yeah, twenty twenty one wasn't his best year, but man, the dude's dynamite. He's got a, he's he's electric and he's fun. And you know, all those clips coming out of him fighting the whole Pirates team obviously yeah. were surfacing. And he's been great on social media since joining the team down in spring training, saying blue's his favorite color, tweeting out uh, I think he's wearing number twenty four uh f- for the Royals. So he's really em- embraced the team. It seems like he's really excited to be in Kansas City. And that's really uh, what you want from a guy like that. And he's he's a great arm and, and I think he'll be used Used very well, and, and as you mentioned, a, as a left-handed arm too, coming out of the coming out of that pen will be will be phenomenal. And they did trade away Mike Miner, who you know definitely had his ups and downs, uh, but was was a. Uh, Consistent for the most part in what you were going to get from Mike Miner. I think that to his credit, you knew what you were going to get every time. Um, right. But but I think being able to to get out from under that contract, I believe he signed a two year deal when he signed last year. So being able yeah. to get out of that, um, which wasn't wasn't a great deal on the Royals' part, let's be honest, uh, and be able to get out of that and get a guy who is good out of the bullpen and can split some time, split some innings with some of these guys to take the load off of, as you mentioned, as taking the load off Barlow, I think is is huge there too not to have to rely on him to pitch so many innings uh even though you know we know that he's a guy that wants to pitch every inning he can but but having him not have to pitch every inning that he can is is i think very crucial and amir garrett does that and he kind of lightens the load a little bit but then you start to look at it and you're like okay got rid of a starting pitcher got a relief pitcher yeah it looks like the the starting rotation might be a little thin but you know, I think they're all right now. Yeah, we'll 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 talk about that one in just a second. One more <laughs> one more thought on Mike Miner. Yeah. I think he served his purpose with the Royals perfectly last season. 
he, yeah. he was brought in to like this is what they told him. I'm sure this was something in that meeting that he had with Dayton Moore and JJ Piccolo. You were going to come in and every fifth day you're going to throw until your arm falls off because we need you to eat innings for these younger pitchers that we have coming. And he did that. And I think he threw he threw 180 some, some odd innings before his shoulder kind of gave out on him at the end of the year. But he still wasn't bad. I, I think he he certainly had some starts there where you knew what you were going to get from him, which was fine. And when you talked about Barlow, I think Barlow's still going to throw a lot. I, I would not shock me if he's still involved in 70-plus games this season. But what Amir Garrett provides is the ability to – you don't if it's the ninth inning and Barlow's thrown two consecutive days, you can go and let Amir Garrett throw the ninth and you're not having to just rely on Scott Barlow to be your closer. Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. the biggest piece of this is you have a second guy now that you trust that can go out and throw high leverage innings and has done that for a significant period of time throughout his career. I think Josh Stamont can still do that. I think Dylan Coleman is eventually going to be that guy. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, Alex mentioned it on the Royals Farm Show that by June 1st, it wouldn't shock me if Dylan Coleman's the closer for this team. Yeah, uh, I think the stuff the stuff is that good, and his ability to close out games, I think, is is there. Just takes some time to get used to pitching at the big league level full time. But no. now you have Barlow and Garrett to take some of that load off him and not have to rush Dylan Coleman into a role that I foresee him to be in that role as well. Well, that kind of goes into the question I wanted to ask you, Joel. Is like, how do you see this shaking out at the beginning of the season? Right? Do you see Amir, Amir Garrett kind of going into that closer role? It'll be closer by committee between Barlow and Garrett, or or how do you think that that all shakes out? Generally, what we've seen from Mike Matheny is that it's closer by committee. And yeah. I think now I think some of that is they don't have a Wade Davis or a Greg Holland, like a prime mm-hmm. Greg Holland type that you just like, oh, hey, you're you're going out in the ninth. We need you now. I think Barlow turned into that guy. And I think Dylan Coleman is going to be that guy. I think Josh Stalman has the stuff to do it. Uh, the, the control aspect for, for Stalman, I don't know if he'll ever be that guy full time. But Amir Garrett slots in perfectly as a guy that you can throw in the ninth and you feel pretty comfortable that he's going to go and get three outs. Uh, it's just a different animal. I know people want to talk about roles and, and whether they matter or whether they have value in a bullpen, but I think they do. The, the ninth, Getting those three outs in the ninth is just a different beast. And I think the Royals have multiple guys that can go and do that. Uh, whether they can all do it consistently, I'm not sure. But it, this at least gives you another solid arm that you know can go and get those three outs. Yeah, and, and I think it creates some buzz around the team too. And I'm yes. talking to like off the field. This this move feels like the Royals are trying to win, and I haven't felt like the Royals are trying to win for some time, right? Um, yeah. Can't put on the year. But I think the game going out and getting a, a name like Amir Garrett, a, a recognizable guy like that, uh, to add another arm to their bullpen is huge, uh, not only for the the on-the-field implications, but just – morale at f- for the for like the fan base as a whole i don't know if that really makes a whole lot of sense but i think if you get a get a recognizable name i think andrew benatendi i think kind of did that for me last year a little bit You're like oh i recognize this guy's name i know what andrew right. benatendi can do but he biceps you know uh the buzz around him in boston and you see that and you're like okay these this team is is, is going for it and i think you can kind of see it now that this team's trying to win they're getting pieces uh they're getting free agents they're they're, they're making trades for players and, and it's exciting to see it's it's become you know uh jj piccolo starting to out deal brett veach in some regards in, in terms of his offseason moves so it's it's exciting to see and i and i really like the move as i said yeah uh, i mentioned it on the i think it was the last show uh or i might have mentioned on royals farm i can't quite remember but i remember specifically <laughs> saying you have to solidify your bullpen if you want to compete in the postseason. Yeah. 
the that was what the Royals did in 14 and 15. That was their calling card was if the game, if they were winning in the sixth, the game was over. You have to get back to that. And other teams have copied that. And oh look, like look at the White Sox bullpen. It's disgusting. You you can probably close out like if you're losing in the fourth, you might lose that game because of mm-hmm. how deep that bullpen is. The Dodgers obviously have have had that for a long time. The Braves figured it out at the end of last season uh, with Tyler Matzik and Luke Jackson and the like. So that it's the formula. It's you have to have solid dudes at the back end that can be the stopper, close out a game. That's the first step in figuring out how to win a ball game. So. I think it's something. I don't think it's necessarily the trying to win that maybe you see it as I'm not quite there yet because yeah. I'm still in the of the belief that this isn't the year. It's 23. So right. if you want to take those steps, you want to start taking those steps. Plus, you have Amir Garrett. Speaking of 23, you have him through 2023. So you get two years of Amir Garrett uh, at the back end of a bullpen. That's huge. Now the free agent move that everybody loves. Oh, my heart is singing <laughs> thinking about it. Zach Grinke's back. Uh, 38 years old, but he's back on a one-year deal, $13 million. Uh, still been really productive in Houston. Uh, threw 100, 170-something innings last year, 37. I don't even think he's cracking 90 anymore, but the man knows how to pitch. And my favorite thing about this is in his press availability today, he talked about wanting to come back. This mm-hmm. is the team he wanted to come back to and to see. And he even mentioned that as, as late as 2019, there, he said – I, this is where I want to be. I, I want to make this work if we can make it work. That's that's pretty interesting. I, yeah. I'm a I'm a big fan of that, and I think the move, you know, I I don't have high expectations for it. I think this certainly part of it is it's part nostalgia. I, I do think there is some aspect of that. Nostalgia mm-hmm. is a hell of a drug, but I also think it is there to help the young pitchers. The Royals have a ton of them coming yeah. up. I don't think Grinky's going to be that. I, we all know Grinky. He's a weird dude. He's not going to be a rally the troops guy and sit everybody down and talk shop. But there is something to a guy like a Daniel Lynch, a Jackson Coar, a Brady Singer, uh, Chris Bubich, John Heasley, um, Alec Marsh. You know some of the uh, Will Klein, Dylan Coleman. These young guys that I think are going to come up and debut this year. To see a guy that's done it for 16 years in the big leagues, every fifth day go out there and and work. I think that is something that is going to have a, a profound impact uh, on this group. Absolutely. And, and I do, uh, you did hit on the nostalgia thing and man, I was talking, I can't remember who I was talking. I think it was Kent Swanson. I was talking to the t-shirt Tuesday that they did with the, uh, with the King queen. Yeah. Uh, Jack. And then him is the ace best t-shirt Tuesday they've ever done. Oh yeah. That um, one was spectacular. And it's, it, and I, there's people, I'm a part of a, a Royals bobblehead group, as you can tell, you know, up here, if you're watching on, Good stuff. on YouTube, Good stuff. got a lot of Royals bobbleheads. One of them is the Zach Grinky Cy Young one that I've got the, the Cy Young uh, candidate one. Um, but, but I think that, that, that coming back is, is, is another, another move that rejuvenates kind of this fan base. And I know we talked about it kind of, you guys kind of talked about it a whole lot when we were talking about labor negotiations that you're starting to lose these casual fans. Now, if you're a casual baseball fan in Kansas City and you see, oh, Zach Grinke, I remember that guy. He's coming back. He, he ended up being pretty, pretty darn good. You're going to want to get back into Royals baseball. So I think this is a move that 
not only helps on on the field but off the field as well. I think you made a you hit the nail on the head when you talked about bringing in veteran pitchers and and I know a lot of people were kind of uh, sour with Zach Greinke on how he left some of the comments he said about Kansas City and and now he's coming back and kind of really mending those fences and I think that Kansas City always would have welcomed back welcomed him back with open arms. He's just uh, a, a special player, a special talent, and it's, it's cool to see it's cool to see him go off and and, and win some on his own and. And, and get those awards that he he much deserved. But you're right, man. I mean, he hasn't he's declined a bit, but like still still a pretty damn good pitcher. Um, yeah, and yeah. and that's really exciting that he's gonna slot into this rotation after losing Mike Miner. It seems like a net positive when you well, it is a net positive Absolutely. when when you think about the, those two trades of adding Amir Garrett who adds to the bullpen and then adding Zach Grinky who is as you already mentioned he can eat up some innings. He pitched a lot of innings and and he'll go out there. Uh, he he's probably like a fourth or fifth guy at this point in his career, but I mean, man, it's this move is super exciting for I think everyone in Kansas City. If you if you pay attention to baseball, it's going to want to make you pay attention to baseball more, knowing that this guy's back in Kansas City. I think that Zach Greinke, you know, if, if he can go out there, and what's crazy about him, he's been so durable still into his yeah. late thirties. I'm looking or since 2016 or 2017, I guess he threw 202 and a third. 207 and two thirds, 208 and two thirds. He threw 67 innings in the uh, 2020 shortened season. Then he went out through 171 last year. So obviously there's a little bit of a drop off from 19 to 21, but he's also 38. If he can go out and throw 160, 170 innings again for this team and kind of fill that Mike minor, like go out and throw until your arm falls off. uh, That could, that has significant value. And honestly, from the nostalgia perspective, it wouldn't shock me if he starts opening day. Because honestly, what is and I'm not trying to take shots, but like what has Brad Keller done the last couple of years to earn a, or last year at least to earn that that opening day start? What's Brady Singer done to earn that opening day start? Good point. Yeah, and I, also I mean, like to put put it simply and candidly, Zach Greinke starting on opening day against Cleveland would put asses in seats, <laughs> especially when you especially when you couple that with the potential of a Bobby Witt Jr. debut that same day. You have like the old guard and the yeah, like can you imagine that might actually get about as close to a sellout of Kauffman Stadium as we've gotten since the World Series in fifteen. Oh my goodness, that would be too good. That's almost too good, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to give Mike. It. No, Mithini, I'm knocking on right. Yeah. Knock on wood. I don't want to give Mike Matheny that much credit because uh, that probably won't happen. Gosh, that's a good idea. And if and the you know the marketing team is got to be salivating over that idea. oh yeah and oh. i think it might be it might be my my life goal now to get zach zach Grinky on this podcast he would never do it but damn it i would love it <laughs> that'd be awesome that's that's yeah. that's the goal that's the golden goose now that's that, the one that we is chase. that that is the golden goose because i don't think he is 100 not a podcast guy but mm. that would be amazing <laughs> if i can make it happen <laughs> it might be a three-minute podcast but hey i think i think we would have to and what's fascinating about this too and uh my friend Patrick Brennan brought it up. Uh, he works for another organization now, but love, you know, so loves the Royals and stuff from oh, Kansas yeah. City. And he uh, he mentioned that with Grinky talking so highly about Dayton Moore, because that was one of the main reasons, not just I want to come back. I want to come back because Dayton Moore is that awesome and that great of a person that he would he would let this happen. Mm-hmm. Zach Grinky might be wearing a Royals cap in Cooperstown. Because I do, I do think Zach Grinky is a Hall of Fame pitcher. Yeah. 
I don't know if he he hasn't talked. It's not that he talked hasn't talked uh, badly about his other stops, but for him to spend to win a Cy Young with the Royals and spend all that time after all the the stud the mental health stuff that he went through early mm-hmm. on in his career for them to still stick by him and then he it ultimately leads into him winning a Cy Young and then he comes back at the end of his career. I th- I think he would wear a Kansas City cap in in, in uh, Cooperstown. Well, I'm just looking at his baseball reference page right now. You know, rookie of the year, finished fourth with the Royals. Cy Young, as you mentioned, 17th that year in MVP voting. Uh, Was an all-star. Played seven years in Kansas City. That's like by far the longest he's played anywhere. Arizona, the next longest with four. And then he played three in L.A. and Houston. Um Man, you're you're looking at it. You you'd have to think, you know, that he's put up his well, maybe not his best number. Well, yeah, I'd say his best numbers in Kansas City. Uh yeah, looking at outside it now. of the outside of the 2015 year when he had like a 1.6 ERA for right. the Dodgers, and the only mm-hmm. reason he didn't win the Cy Young was because Jake Arrieta went like nuclear in the second yeah. half of the Cubs. Yeah. And even then he finished, I think, second or third in Cy Young voting in 18, I think, with Arizona. So, so yeah, he finished fourth in 20, what is that, 2017? He finished second that year in 2015. I mean, he was an all-star in 2019 uh, when he's playing both for Arizona and Houston. Uh, so, I mean, listen, I mean, the, the dude still got it. I know 2019 mm-hmm. was three years ago, but, like, he he's he's got it. It's going to be exciting. It's a good move for Kansas City, especially to fill that starting pitcher role that kind of Mike Miner was in. I know I don't think he'll I don't think he will perfectly slot into that Mike Miner role, mm-hmm. right? I don't think he's going to be just like a carbon copy, but I do think he he fills that that kind of veteran presence in the rotation that the that the uh, that the Royals need with all these young guys in there, and and it's really it's certainly exciting. And and I think that when I when I prematurely tweeted that the Amir Garrett was the most excited I've been for a move in a long time. Uh, this move actually made me more excited for I was, baseball. I was very happy. I was, okay. I was very happy. And then the fact that I also tweeted it two hours prior to it happening <laughs> and right. calling it, that felt that felt pretty good. That one felt pretty good. Well, I uh, thought I, I, in his media availability, he made a really interesting comment, too. He did. He was talking about how he always wanted to come to Kansas City. But he said, now that there's a universal DH, it took a lot of NL teams out of it. Because uh, mm-hmm. he said that he's like, well, I, I, he still wanted to hit. Essentially, is what he was saying. But now that there's Universal DH, why not come to Kansas City? Because he would play be this playing the same role in any other team he goes to. And so, you know, yeah. for damn sure, he is going to ask Mike Matheny every single day to DH. <laughs> yes, you know he's going to do it. I hope That's that so like good. game one sixty two, like the last game of the year, if the Royals are out of it. Then you let Zach Greinke hit three hole that day. Like you have to do it because who knows if he's going to be done if he decides he's going to hang it up after the year. Like if he makes yeah. that clear, then why not? That would be awesome. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. I think that was also interesting. It didn't seem like he was done. Like he wasn't coming no. here for like a swan song. I thought that was really interesting too. He's like, hey, I, I mean, I, he's still got it left in the tank as we've been talking about, but he, he wants to be here for multiple years. And also just because there's a DH doesn't mean you have to use a DH. Yeah. He's going to get, I'll, I'll call it, he's going to get at least 10 at-bats this year. Okay. I'll say, like I'll say 10 at-bats. It's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because he, he has talked about it, that there is no, um, until like Shohei, blew that up like he wants in his career he wants 10 home runs and 10 stolen bases and i think he's one shy of each check if you could check b-ref for me but i'm pretty sure that that is the case because i think he's talked about it uh, about wanting to get that that 10th home run and that 10th stolen base so it would not shock me if they make it happen Yes, he's got one of each left. Nine home runs and nine nine stolen bases right now. He's been caught stealing once. Oh, that's got a sting. Yeah, um, especially if that's your if that's your goal. But yeah, nine and nine. Yeah, they'll they'll make it happen. Especially you got to think, especially too, if uh, God forbid, if the Royals are out of it uh, here in a little bit, uh, not in a little bit, but like at the end of the season, you're like, yeah, by you know middle, what? beginning of September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what, Zach? How about you just be our DH today? How about you just go and take a bunch of abs? Just try to get try to get on base. Maybe pinch pinch run them. Maybe see if you can get that stolen bag. Who knows? Let's have yeah, some fun. I love it. I'm curious if the universal DH does because it takes away some of those like weird oddities of like pitchers needing to pinch run because they like that spots up and they need to come in the game. Like Mm -hmm. it's going to, it's going to change the game and make it really interesting, but I know the Royals will still find a way to do it because it's Zach Greinke. He's, he's going to find a way he might. It also wouldn't shock me if he just decides, you know what? I'm just going to go and grab a bat and stand on deck until someone stops me. (laughs) Yeah. That dude. I mean, that dude, we've seen some some crazy stuff from him. One of my favorite Zach Greenie pictures, I think it was when he was in Houston, when he was sitting like crisscross applesauce. Yeah. Oh, oh, as they were fixing the mound. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was sitting there like that legs crossed. I don't know why, but the sitting in the stands is also a wild one. Yeah, he was uh, doing he would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And he just him just like 
it's just like you don't the art in the artist you know you have to separate mm-hmm. the art and the artist is is one of those things but like man i think just the whole zach grinky experience is is just enthralling to me. yeah have you heard have you seen the story that he talked about uh, with alex gordon early in gordo's career uh okay so th- this is my favorite zach grinky story ever he uh it, it was right when gordo came up so this is like 2007 or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and he was really struggling he was in a, a major slump and they, you know, he's trying to figure out, like, I don't know what's going on. Grinky comes up to him and goes, hey, let me go show you something. And so they go into the, the film room at the time. This is what, you know, this was, God, again, 2007. And yeah. and so Gordo's thinking, oh, maybe maybe Zach saw something in my swing. They're going to go over it. And Zach Grinky pulls up a video of him hitting a home run. And then looks at Alex and says, do more of that. And then walked out of the room. <laughs> It's perfect. It's just it it encapsulates everything about Zach Cranky. Yeah, dude, but, awesome. I love it. I love it so much. And the thing about it too, there's no such thing as a a bad one year contract. So mm-hmm. you, there's no such thing as a bad one year deal. So you can make this work for one year. And if it, you know, if it doesn't work, okay. But if I mean, if it does, and it work, and he's worth that 13 mil, shoot, like that that was yeah. a absolute home run. And to be able to get him get him back to Kansas City, a place that he wanted to come back to. And a place to help a ball club start to, to turn in that winning direction uh, certainly is a, is a big deal. I think uh, I, I could be wrong on this. I don't know how much the Royals saved on Mike Minor. Uh, it's like, did they save like eight, eight and a half million? million? Yeah, it was eight and a half or something million. like that. So like, and you really start to think about it. This is the way my brain works. Okay, they saved eight million on Mike Minor. They signed Zach Grinke for 13, So, but they really signed him for six you know when you think yeah. about how much they saved with uh with mike minor um that's not actually how this stuff works but that's how it makes i see what you're, I see where you're coming from with it but yeah I, let's i mean yeah i'm uh, obviously you probably know my stances now i'm with it i love it yeah I think I, it's, I think oh, i'm it's totally with it yeah the, you can you can't as uh, i think alex said it on royals farm like you don't you can't tell me nothing right now like this is <laughs> this is so good so the, the last piece of news and we don't have any confirmation on this this is purely reports but the Royals have been interested in a deal uh, for Frankie Montas, a uh, pitcher for the Oakland A's. There were there were some reports that Ken Rosenthal put out yesterday. Alec Lewis confirmed them today that they are still in talks. I haven't heard anything outside of the initial report, so I don't know how far this has gotten. Uh, but the fact we've heard for two straight days tells me there's still some, some smoke around it, despite still signing Zach Grinke and getting that veteran pitcher that they wanted. Frankie Montas uh, was really good last year. Uh, had an ERA. It was three three seven ERA. Struck out. You know, the, he struck out over two hundred and one hundred eighty seven innings. Uh, wipeout stuff. Upper nineties fastball. Disgusting splitter. Uh, still has two years of control. So the Royals are getting for two years. And I saw people trying to draw some comparison to the, the James Shields trade, where the Royals think they're maybe getting into that window, and so you go and get a, a veteran starting pitcher with two years of control, and you maybe give up a hefty price to to get him. I think the difference here is. James Shields was an elite ace. He was a bona fide yeah. ace at that point in his career. Frankie Montas is good. That's the there. That's the difference there. Frankie Montas is a fine pitcher. He is. You know, he proved his worth last year. That was also the first season that he threw over a hundred innings. Yeah. And the one year he was going to throw a hundred innings, he got popped for a, P, a PED suspension and got suspended the rest of the year. So, and he's and he's gotten hurt in some spots. I, I just don't know. I think he'd be a good pitcher, and I think he'd be your he would be your your ace. He'd be your one right away coming into Kansas City. But I think a I think the price might be a little too high 
if it's if it's drug on for this long of just like they're in talks and not working toward a deal, they probably want a little more than what the Royals are willing to give up for a guy that is still you still don't quite know what you're going to get out of him despite him being good. I don't know. I I don't I don't love the move at this point. If you're going to go and get it, then go and get someone that's I think established themselves a little more. I guess is where I would go. I don't know who yeah. you go get, but that's my general feeling on it at this point. If they go make yeah. them, I won't hate it, and I'm not going to be pissed. Right. But I just don't know if that would be the guy I would go get. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a it's an interesting move, especially as was we've already mentioned in this podcast with so many young guys that the Royals have coming up and and have in their farm system. Uh, I know I know Frankie's only 28, um, and so like he's not like old, but he's also not like young. But but he did he did pitch well. I'm looking at the the Fangraphs projection here, and they've got a slight increase in his in his ERA and in less innings is what they're predicting here for him. Um so so I think that that's that's uh, obviously you can't put a bunch of stock into that but um and I think I think you hit the nail on the head too when you talk about uh him being a bona fide ace uh, like James Shields like that's not that's not him. Like like that's not him yet. And, and can he be Maybe. I mean, he's got a 70 grade fastball. You know, you mentioned before we started this, this podcast is was a splitter is nasty and it's uh, gross. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got the tools. I'd love to see him put it together that the PD suspension's not great. You know, it seems like right when he was getting rolling and, and everything like that. So I don't know what you give up for, for a guy like this, especially, you know, with, with the Royals that do have such a, have such a rich farm system. You don't want to give up a ton of guys that, that you think will end up helping your team, uh, especially this year with the rotation for a guy. You do only have two years of control over at, at yeah. most. And he's, uh, you know, free agent in 24 are eligible in 22. So, I mean, it, it's it's a very tough situation for me personally. I mean, like like you said, Joel. If it happens, I'm not gonna be upset, right? But like, if it was up to me, I wouldn't really uh, encourage it. If that makes sense. So it, I think it would be different if the Royals really thought they were going to make the playoffs this year. Like if they had a team that was going to go out and win 85 games, you 100 you go and get Frankie Montas to solidify yeah. your rotation. I don't think the Royals are going to do that this year. Maybe I'm a little cynical. Uh, you could look at it that way. I don't think it's about this year. And I'm probably going to say that a lot throughout the season because you have so many young guys that you want to give an opportunity to see what they have. So when you go into 2023 thinking we have a chance for that third, that second or third wild card spot, then you know what you have. And then you can go make moves based on that. Uh, but for a lot of it, you don't quite know. So I, I don't think this would be a move I would make, but if they did, yeah. you know, that tells me maybe they think they're a little closer to winning than I, than I, than, you know, than they could be. Right. The I guess the, the other part of it too is if you this might be the move to make. I, there's two schools of thoughts here, and I think we're going to talk about it a little more uh, on Royals Farm Report coming out next Monday uh, as we break down some guys that could be involved in a move like this. Hmm. But you have a lot of guys that are coming up on 40 man eligibility over the next two years. A lot of guys that are good. A lot of guys you think I think could be potential big leaguers, impact guys. You know, for the Royals, but you have a lot of them, and you don't have a lot of, and you don't have a lot of space on the forty-man roster. So, if you were going to make a move, this would be the time to offload some of that, so you have less roster crunch going into twenty-three and twenty-four. But are there, but are they guys that you want to give up that think that you know might end up hurting you down the road when Oakland rebuild? Because with this Oakland rebuild, like 
they're going to be good again in two to three years. It's just what Oakland does. They blow it up every five years, and then two years later, they're amazing again with all those young guys they stockpiled. So yeah. it, it's a bit of a risk-reward. Uh, there are guys that I would be okay throwing, you know, throwing into a deal for a Frankie Montas. It would probably take at least one top five, pro- maybe I don't, talk, I don't know about top five, maybe top, like at least one top ten, and maybe a couple fringe top ten guys. It, it would be a, probably a three or four for one. And are you willing to do that? Mm. Because it's not like the James Shields do, uh, deal was a five for one. They got, it, it, and I don't even think we look at it as the James Shields trade anymore. It's the way right. Davis trade. Yeah. It's, it's the way Davis trade. 100%. So it's not like there's another dude that the the A's are going to throw in that make that sweetens the pot a little bit for the James right. Shields move. It's just Frankie. So do you want to make that move and risk injury or regression or a significant regression from a career year? That's that's a tough call to make, and that's why I'm not a general manager. <laughs> right. We'll leave that to JJ and Dayton. Uh, but no, I, th- I think that that's a really good point. And, uh, you know, as I brought up earlier with such good players in, in the Royals farm system, like, man, do you, do you really want to, do you really want to give up those guys? As you mentioned, it's probably gonna have to be a top 10 guy in the system for a guy that's going to be with you for maybe two years. two years. Yeah. And it's just like one of those things, it's a risk reward type, you know, analysis. And I don't know if, I don't know if I've seen any other, have you seen any other teams involved with, with uh, Montas? I think I saw maybe the Cardinals were interested, um, and I'm sure there's other teams calling. Uh, I w- it wouldn't shock me with with yeah. Olson gone, Gavin gone, Bassett gone. Teams are conti- going to continue to call, and Frankie's probably the best pitcher available right now, and Sean Mania too. So there are te- there are plenty of teams calling the A's, and I don't even know if I, I wouldn't make a move for Sean Mania either. Let's just mm. take, put that away. I think he's I think his injury history is a little concerning, um, and I think he's just okay. I think Montas is a better pitcher than Mania. Mania is okay. Yeah, and it's just, you know, as you mentioned, they're they're selling everybody off. The Cardinals, I think we're talking to them about somebody else, too, in a deal with them. I've got a couple Cardinals buddies that were talking about it, and I tried to tune that out, honestly, uh, all the all the Cardinals chatter. But, yeah, I think that it's, it's an interesting move that I don't know if I necessarily – uh, would want them to make, but but as we've said, as we've reiterated, if they made it, we wouldn't be upset. But like, do you really? As of now, I don't think I'd want them to make it. I don't think I would either. Uh, but the fact that we've heard it for two days of them being in talks, I think that's enough mm-hmm. smoke to think that it could happen. And if it does, hey, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens and what they gave up. And if I'm going to be mad when they give up Vinny Pasquantino, because uh, mm-hmm. that would make me mad. Uh, but again, we'll talk about we'll talk about that. Alex, Josh, and I will talk about that a little more later this week uh, as we kind of break things down. So, uh, Tucker, you got any final thoughts here? This is I just want to hit these these three big things. Anything you're looking forward to this week? Spring training games start uh, tomorrow. Uh, so when this comes out, yeah, that's awesome, and I, I'm excited. This is one of the best times of the year. March Madness mm-hmm. going on. Uh, you've got. Uh, spring training happening right now, starting the same week. It, it would still be going on if they started the season on time. Um, oh, actually, I think the opening day was the 31st, right? That's what it was yes. supposed to be. So, so we're, championship. We're, a week, we're a week behind. Okay. Yeah. So still, I mean, man, you had the they had the Red Sox in the in the St. Patrick's Day uniforms on MLB Network today. Holy, you know, it is the season uh, for spring baseball. Love it. Love what the Royals – uh, have been doing what they're building up. I think I saw Alec tweeted out just like a their their infield was like Bobby Wood at third. Was it Montesi at short? And it uh, was yeah, uh, it was it was Bobby at third, Nikki at short, Nikki or, or, or Mondi at short, Nikki at first, and then Sant- or uh, at second, and then Santana. Second, at first. Santana. I saw that and immediately got excited. Um, well, 
because that would too. Matheny mentioned today uh, in his little presser, he said John Heasley's going to get the start, uh, which really means he's going to throw an inning, and then they're going to go to yeah. somebody else. But he's yep. getting the first inning, and then he said something. He said the lineup will get you excited. It'll be it'll be a fun lineup, which tells me that Bobby is going to be in it. It's probably going to be a pretty good indicator, at least early on. My my it, my impression is that means it's going to be the precursor to what the opening day lineup is going to look like. And if I'm Bobby's in there. And, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and hedge my expectations that we're going to see just like an incredible spring training from Bobby Witt, right? I think we're going to see him just play really well and then start the season in Omaha. Just, I'm just going to go ahead and going to go ahead and, and temper the expectations. I would love to see Bobby Witt play in third opening day. I want that more than anything. And now that you mentioned Zach Grinke getting the opening day start, I want to see, uh, Bobby Wood at third, Zach Greinke on the bump. Now, now I've got to temper those expectations. That's what it's all up to do. So now. I'll I'll put it this way, and uh, this is about this this will be my final thought. But if the Royals are serious about winning and about trying to give a crap this season, you can't start Bobby Wood Jr. in Triple A. Bingo. It's as simple as that. He he is your best player right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of Salvador Perez, he's your best player. Why would you keep that guy down in AAA? You shouldn't, and you uh, shouldn't. Right? He should. He should be on the opening day lineup. He should be uh, batting first, probably. Uh, there is uh, there is about four or five guys that if they get if they get a bats over Bobby Wood Jr. on opening day, I'm going to come on this podcast very upset. <laughs> I'll put it. I'll I'll just I'll leave it there. I'm not going to slander anyone. I've done that yeah, enough on I other shows, but. Uh, good vibes only though good, good vibes, vibes only, only going into it going into the spring training we got to keep the good vibes i know i kind of went down a dark path right there changing course hitting going into reverse pulling a u-turn good vibes only it's going to be great i'm excited the royals have made moves to make me excited and that is amazing and i cannot be happier so far with their offseason because yes know, and i i don't think I, I think there'll probably be another move or two yeah. uh maybe so, just small stuff kind of what they normally do uh but I, I could see them making another another move, kind of see what happens. Uh, but thank you. That's all I have for this one. Thank you so much, Tucker, for, again, late call to the bullpen. Appreciate you, <laughs> you coming on here and helping me out uh, so I don't have to do this thing solo and people don't have to listen to just me talk for an entire show. <laughs> I'm sure no one wants that. Uh, to everyone watching on YouTube, thank you. Be sure to slap a like on this. Subscribe to Kansas City Sports Network if you haven't already. You're obviously K-State stuff. Mizzou, KU, uh, Ain't No Seats is doing a lot of good stuff for the tournament. Yeah. Uh, the Border War podcast is, is great as well. Obviously, all the Chiefs content, Outside the Trenches of Tucker, the Lab, the, and the like. Uh, Rolls Farm will be coming out on Monday, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, and be sure to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts to KCSN Kansas City Royals. That's where you'll find this show and Royals Farm and anything else to come. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you next week.